Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everyone? Unfortunately, this live stream is going to be a little bit bittersweet. We are going to say goodbye mm-hmm. to the Houston Texans season. However, once again, what a season it was. The Houston mm-hmm. Texans fall to the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens in the divisional round mm-hmm. in the playoffs. They lose 34-10. to 10. You can call it a blowout mm-hmm. if you want to. There was no answer on offense for pretty much the entire mm-hmm. game. But before we get started... This episode was brought to you by Bet Online with NFL playoffs right around the corner in the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code. B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, Harley, the game started for the Houston Texans. Rough. Rough. Mm. Um, It was a tough day for your offense. And when I mean tough, Mm -hmm. it was your worst performance all year since week one against the Baltimore Ravens. My name is Ruben. This is Harley. We are talking about the Houston Texans blowout loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Man, we got a couple in us. We're sad, but we're not discouraged, if that makes sense, right? It's, you know, it's like when you're in high school and you smash the girl you're, you know, no one thought you were going to smash. You smash the hottest girl in your grade and she says, you better not tell anyone. You better not tell anyone. You're disappointed that you can't tell anyone, but you freaking smash, dog. You freaking smash. I was wondering where this was going. So I was like, okay. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, but I hit, but I still hit. And the Houston Texans. I might have lasted five seconds, but I but still I hit. Still hit. <laughs> it might have lasted 30, but I still hit. I might have busted on a kiss. But I still hit. Hey, <laughs> I was this close away from an AFC championship. This close away from the Super Bowl. Anyone who is discouraged, you're allowed to be sad after today's game. You're allowed to be sad. Discouraged is not something you should be. Because the Houston Texans defied all odds this year. And the fact that they were in the divisional round in the playoffs and one game away from the Super Bowl, you should be proud. Harley, how are you feeling after today's loss? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. Of course, I hate fucking losing. Like, come on, man. I hate, I hate losing. We all hate losing. Someone's got to lose, right? <laughs> we didn't want it to be us. We didn't want this magical ride to ever finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, we were on Aladdin's carpet, bro, and we were just riding that thing just like this, bro. Pause, pause, pause. It, bro. Pause. Hey, you were riding that carpet, you were riding it along too, bro. Let's be real, we were riding <laughs> that carpet until the damn streaks were coming off you, man. Come on, man. The Houston Texans did an absolute fantastical season this year. It was fun, bro. 
it, it was great. It, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, and, uh, you know, shout out to the Ravens, bro. They're the number one seed for a reason. For a they reason. Talk shit out of you. <laughs> they, they had the defense played four quarters for the Ravens. Their offense played about two and a half quarters, you know, yeah. and so the defense for the Texans, they tried their best. It is what it is. And shout out to Ruben Avilas. Hey, man, y'all only hey. one step away from from the Super Bowl. So, you know, go, 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 go take care of business. Y'all the number one seed in MNT Bank Stadium. They were rocking. They were rocking, they were rocking. The pre-snap penalties were absolutely horrible to have. Um, it killed you offensively, regardless if you were going to move the ball. Those pre-snap penalties, you just kept shooting yourself in the foot over and over and over and over again. Excuse me. The Houston Texans did not have a good football game today. Nope. Uh, offensively, the worst game that I, I mean, I think I've seen since that Ravens game (laughs) and uh, deja vu. It was a tough watch. It was a really tough watch. This wasn't the CJ Stroud. We were hyping up, Um, but it's also tough for Bobby Slowick and CJ Stroud to manufacture anything. Mm -hmm. When your offensive line is a shooting yourself in the foot, B giving up pressure up the ass. C your wide receivers are just not getting open whatsoever. It's tough when you're only relying on a Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz because John Mechie, I, I don't know who he is. I'm still wondering who he is. APB out on John Mechie. Xavier Hutchinson, I'm still wondering who he is. I know he's a rookie. I can't put a lot of heat on him. John Mechie, I could throw some heat to. And I understand cancer, injury, the ALC, ACL tear. It is what it is, but the offensive line wasn't pretty. It was not. And this wasn't the offensive line that we were hyping up. <laughs> I see VT's comment now. This wasn't uh <laughs> this wasn't uh the, the offensive line we were hyping it up to be. You know, uh this offensive line has handled itself really well despite injuries throughout this year. They did not have a good day today. <laughs> no. Even though C.J. Shaw was sacked zero times, right, that's credit to him for getting the ball out before he had to take the minus yards. Um, Pressure since the opening whistle. And it was something that we were talking about, right? We thought that the Baltimore Ravens were going to come out flat on both sides of the ball with 21 days of not playing football, but they look ready to go. Well, the defense did, right? Like you said, the offense, it took two and a half quarters for them to get started, but you would have thought the Houston Texans would have came out and took advantage and try to score early, try to strike early. And in the first half, you saw the Houston Texans offense multiple times in Baltimore Ravens territory. Now, this is where I have my, you know, my problem with the game. 11 penalties on offense, two false starts from Larry Tunsil, a false start from Shaq Mason, two false starts from George Fant, it was an embarrassing performance by this offensive line, even though he did not get sacked. CJ Shy was pressured from the opening whistle, and I have to look at coaching right there. I know coaching was not happy with the team's performance in terms of penalties on both sides of the ball. You cannot win a football game with committing 11 penalties. With that being said, you I mean, the offense just had no answer. Bobby Slowick, 
And as much credit as we've given Bobby Slowick the past couple of weeks, multiple head coaching interviews with the Panthers, with the Titans, with other teams, he still might get coaching interviews. Bobby Slowick did not have a good game plan today. This is where I say, Bobby Slowick, you should stay another year with the Houston Texans, grow with C.J. Stroud, potentially get yourself another 2 to $3 million in the future, but not a good game plan from him. The running game wasn't working, and they knew you had to throw the ball, and even the Houston Texans couldn't do that. This was your worst offensive performance since week one, right? We said this is a different Houston Texans team, and, man, they look the same today. So credit to the Baltimore Ravens offense. Credit to the Baltimore Ravens defense. Hardy, did the Houston Texans get outcoached today? No, I don't really think so. You don't think uh, so? I, no, not really. Um, I thought D'Amico Ryans did a fantastic job defensively for the most part. I, I, this is really on the offense. And, you know, when when you say outcoach, I think of head coaching. You know, okay. so – I guess if you want to say OC to DC, Mike McDonald is absolutely legit. And there's a reason. (laughs) There's a reason why he's garnered head coaching interviews. Uh, He is legit. He is fantastic. And the adjustments they made in the second half were the key to this game. The Baltimore Ravens came out being a different team offensively in the second half. Uh, Man, it, it, it was tough to, you know, create a perfect pocket for C.J. Stroud. It's also tough for the defense to continue to stop Lamar Jackson when the offense doesn't do nothing for you. You know, only three points for you in this game besides Steven Sims' magical punt return for a touchdown. Besides that, that doesn't do a lot for me. Um, Yeah, and I understand this comment here. I understand it. It is annoying when you see Lamar Jackson continuously getting – 18 to 35 yards in a quarterback run. That is ridiculous. So I do agree with him on that. Not having someone to spy on Lamar Jackson at times was, I mean, every time you didn't spy Lamar Jackson, he gashed you for a big yards. Kaimi coming back. I don't know, man. I hope so. He better be coming back. I hope so. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not really a lot of positives you could take out of a 34 to 10 game. Um, you know, the offense to me was just stagnant the entire time, which is very surprising. So you got to give credit to the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Matabuke just had himself a game from the start, right? Even though he did not get sacks, tremendous amount of pressure made me want him even more. That Baltimore Ravens crowd was absolutely ridiculous from the opening whistle. But, man, it felt like the Houston Texans at points in this game were ready to take the next step, ready to make a splash, but they just could not get it going. Devin Singletary on the ground, Harley, nine rushing attempts, 22 yards, 2.4 yards a carry, probably his worst performance all season, and it just nothing was going right for you offensively, man, which was surprising. And when something did go right for you offensively, so many penalties caused you to lose yards, put you in down and distance situations, man. It's not something but you want to see. Switching to the defense, 
One of our keys to the game was making Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm. Try to take away the run. Well, the Houston Texans couldn't do that. 220-plus yards on the ground for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 800 yards, 9.1 yards of carry, two tutties. Justice Hill, 5.1 yards of carry. Gus Edwards, 4 yards of carry for 40 yards. You even saw Dalvin Cook dice you up for a couple you know, your worst run defense performance all year, dude. It was it was uh, kind of frustrating to see. Yeah, it was frustrating to see. Um, it was. I, I didn't expect the Texans to allow the Ravens to have a run game besides Lamar Jackson. Um, that was a bit shocking to me. Um, I expected the, the Texans defense to hold the run. They'd done it all year. So, uh you know, it, it, it is what it is there. The Ravens were the better team. They were the better team to be beforehand. You know, a lot of us were, we were, you know, we were, we were along that hope, you know, we were along this magical ride. Excuse me. We were along this Texans having that, they had that special vibe to them and they did. And hell, when the punt return happened, I went, oh, maybe, 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 maybe something clicks all of a sudden. You know, maybe that's the momentum boost that we need for the offense to get going. It sputtered all day, and it was ridiculous. It, it really was. It was frustrating to see. It was frustrating to see Bobby Slowick just not adjust at all, really. Um, and then you had one drive, and I'm glad somebody mentioned it. You had one drive where Devin Singletary gashed him for about 16 yards or whatever. And then the next play, you do a double reverse Back to CJ Stroud hey, for a that play would have worked, bro. And it would have been, it would have. I understand, but the optics of that play are not good. I understand that if George Fant freaking blocked on that play, that might have been a touchdown for Xavier Hutchinson. Um, but it didn't work that way. And the yeah. whole optics of a double mm -hmm. reverse wide receiver screen sounds absolutely horrible after you just got a little bit of offense going when Singletary gave you that 16-yard run and you got past the 50. Then you went right back the opposite way. And it just uh, – it was upsetting to see that happen because it really killed that drive, a drive that was really gaining some steam for mm -hmm. you for that team. Yeah, as Texans 22 said, it was a missed block. Yeah. Uh, fan is going yeah, to get paid somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to get paid to be a starting right tackle. Uh, did a pretty good job this season for the Houston Texans. Man. Um, just execution, man. And, you know, it. you kind of see the first year with mm -hmm. the Houston Texans offense today, right? You saw, like, some moments where you were like, man, you know, just – Cannot get it going right, and the Houston Texans have many opportunities to take momentum in the game. Then they immediately go three and out. Immediately go three and out. I mean, pressure. Like I said, since the opening whistle for CJ Stroud, but yeah, overall, man, like there's nothing else we could talk about besides a blowout for the Houston Texans. The story of the game was you cannot stop the run from the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson really didn't do anything in the air. 852 yards, was sacked three times, a QB rating of 121.8. No wide receiver for Baltimore had more than 50, 
uh, than 42 yards. Zay Flowers, 41. Rashad Bateman, 39. Likely, 34. Odell Beckham, just one catch for 12 yards. Just disgusting. And it was the run game, and we knew that that was the bread and butter, right? The Baltimore Ravens have ran more than they passed this season, and you just could not stop it today. And I don't know if anyone could stop it going forward in these playoffs. Yeah, and again, we mentioned it. The Ravens are the number one seed. We were really hoping. We were. Um, I We know the Ravens were good. We knew it beforehand. But, again, like I mentioned already, it felt like something magical was brewing here in Houston. It felt like something magical was going to happen. Kind of felt like maybe we could have the first rookie quarterback, rookie head coach tandem ever to maybe reach a Super Bowl. Like, it, it – it had that feeling, you know, it felt special. And the defense, hey, you know, it, it is what it is. C.J. Stroud moving forward with this Houston Texans team. We all know C.J. Stroud getting him, D'Amico Ryans, slam dunk. That is the future of this team, is both of them. And and that it's exactly right. We got some respect. We got a lot of respect. And now I want to shout out Cal McNair. I want to shout out Anna McNair. Mm. We've talked to them both in training camp. They're fantastic people. Both of them deserve a lot of respect because they got the fans back. Yeah. Fans are invested. I understand why fans maybe not left, but were uninterested in the product because the last two years, it, it was tough. Believe us. We know it was tough to hit record and talk about a Texans team that we knew wasn't going anywhere from the seven wins in three years, two years, seven wins or, Oh, what'd you say? How many? Like 11, because we were, uh, we won man. three games last year four the year before and then three years in Deshaun's final year. Yeah. That, that's, that's rough, man. That's horrible football. And I understand why fans were uninterested in watching the Houston Texans, and I understood it. I get it. You know, it's tough. Us, hey, we're going to be here recording. If we go, you know, 0-16 or 16-0, like we're just always going to hit record, you know. But the Houston Texans, shout out to Cal, shout out to Hannah. They got a lot of respect from the NFL, this team. But most importantly, the fans are back and the fans are invested. And yeah. now we got some demands for the Houston Texans. Demands. Hey, man, it, it's good to know that next year your floor is 10 wins. Mm. That is your floor. You got 10 wins year one divisional round exit. Year one of rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, of rookie head coach D'Amico Ryans. Who knows if Bobby Slowick is back or not. Whoever has indifferent opinions on him. Uh, who cares? At the end of the day, he's either coming back or he isn't. So whether you want him gone, whether you do want him back, it is what it is. But the Houston Texans can run this thing back, have almost the exact same team, almost. There's going to be a lot of turnover. But $97 million in cap space, mm. that's a lot of bread to throw around for this Texans team. And they can get a lot better this offseason with a good free agency and a good draft this team has the the ability to take that next step into the playoffs a mm. step of uncharted territory we've never been there as texans fans we don't know what an afc championship game looks like it's unfortunate but we do not know what it looks like no. the houston texans 
have expectations. They've they have raised expectations. Ten wins is at least the floor now. And you know, I I you know I made a TikTok I think yesterday, and it was uh, you know me saying how excited I was watching the Houston Texans insane playoff run with CJ Sean D'Amico Ryan's in year one, and then I. I cut to another clip where it's like now I realize the next 10 to 12 years are nothing but expectations, nothing but bandwagons, nothing but goals. Honestly, Harder, you could really say that if the Houston Texans do not make the playoffs with C.J. Shroud, that season will be considered a defeat, an L, unsuccessful. And your goal now after – a year one where you won 10 games, you won your division, and you were one game away from the AFC Championship. Dude, next year, like you said, the floor is 10 wins. That's why I said on your podcast, Super Bowl or bust next year. Those are the type of expectations. Now, you said AFC Championship or bust, but, man, dude, I don't want to shoot too low. I know what this Texans team can be what they fully loaded roster. And the great, I mean, not great thing about being in the offseason, but you can now look to the future. You can now look to free agency, the draft. Harley, one question I want to ask you. Is this the same old Houston Texans? No, this is not the same old Houston Texans. Do you know why? Because his easiest answer to that question is C.J. Stroud. You've never had a quarterback that great ever in this franchise history. It's it's unfortunate to say that, but it's the doggone truth. You've never had a quarterback of his caliber. You've never had a quarterback being compared to the Tom Brady's and the Joe Montana's being in a statistic with them. All right, this man had a touchdown interception ratio into the lights of 2007 Tom Brady when he went undefeated that year. Mm. Look at the offensive players he had with him that year with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez and Wes Welker and Randy Moss. That team was loaded. CJ Stroud did this rookie year with Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Noah Brown, Robert Woods, a rookie and Xavier Hutchinson, John Mechie, Dalton Schultz, who we regarded as the best offensive weapon for this team in the preseason. We didn't know Nico was going to take off. We didn't know, you know, there was a lot of hope and hype around Tank Dell. We were happy for him, but we found out Tank Dell is more than just a slot receiver, like a lot of people were saying, you know. Watched him at UH with yeah. the Cougars, and that man was absolutely fantastic as an outside wide receiver. So he he is definitely an outside wide receiver despite his height, weight, size. The Houston Texans have a bright future. This is not the same old Texans. I, I hate that stigma. This is a different Texans team, and they will show it to the rest of the world with the years coming soon. C.J. Stroud is that dude. He is absolutely him, and if he is not, I am telling you right now, I am going to be so freaking pissed. If he is not 
on top 10 quarterback conversations, at least top 10 quarterback lists going into the next season. Okay. All right. Watch out then. Watch out. This is not the same old Houston Texans. The same old Houston Texans would not have won the week 18 winning your in at Indianapolis. The nope. same old Houston Texans would have not won the wild card round against the Cleveland Browns at home. You know how I know that? Because I was at the Chiefs 30 to 0 victory over the Houston Texans in the wild card game that started off with the Niles Davis kickoff return for a touchdown. This yeah. is not the same Houston Texans. You talking about having victories over teams, and at one point, the Denver Broncos were the hottest team in the NFL. You snuffed out that flame. At one point, the Cincinnati Bengals were the hottest team in the NFL, and you snuffed out that flame. The hottest team in the NFL you played last week, the Cleveland Browns, with Joe Flacco potentially the comeback player of the year, and you put up 45 points against that defense. This is not the same Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, ladies and gentlemen, should put fear in other franchises because you have your first-round pick, your second-round pick, your third-round pick this year, and you potentially have $97 million to mess around with and free agency, this Houston Texans team, their Super Bowl window is right now, and they have an opportunity to get there. You just saw in year one how far they got. The amount of experience they got this year is only going to benefit them next year, year three, year four. Harley, what are the biggest needs for the Houston Texans as we enter the offseason? I definitely am looking at – I've said this from the get-go. I still do believe they need an interior defensive lineman. I really do. Uh, I, I've been saying that since the get-go. I appreciate them grabbing some depth in Tayer Tart and, as well as others. Tayer Tart, by the way, did not even play today's game. He didn't play last week. I don't know what's up with Tayer Tart. I don't know what happened to him. Um, he just fell off the face of the earth. So. I would do like to, you know, upgrade the interior defensive line, considering that D'Amico Ryans likes to rush a lot of just four guys at some point, like the 49ers do. But unfortunately, you don't have that kind of talent on the defensive line like the 49ers. Um, safety is a big one for me. Mm. And I think that might be your glaring need right now. You know, it's it just on paper when you look at the safety position. Right now, you have DeAndre Houston Carson and Jalen Petrie. And look, I like what De, DeAndre Houston Carson. Hey, bud, appreciate what you did for me, man. I, I he had a decent season for you. Maybe he's a depth guy for you. Maybe he's a backup moving forward. But if you can upgrade as a starter and backup then, buddy, you can go back to the practice squad and get picked up by somebody else. I do not care. Jalen Petrie, that is a conversation that is a tough one to have. I love Jalen Petrie, his rookie oh. year. He was fantastic. Sophomore year was absolutely atrocious. Should Horrible. they play him closer to the box? A lot of people have said that. I, I don't know, man. He had a, almost a pick in this game that could have really turned the tides for you. 
it did not happen. And he's been really close on getting those almost interceptions a few times this year. I don't know what happened to him. Training camp, that guy was the best player on the field, arguably. He was pick fantastic. Miami. The pick six against the Miami Dolphins and told them, takes the helmet off and tells them to get the F off the field. Yeah, I want that Jalen Petrie back. I don't know what happened to him because the first half of week one against the Ravens, he was everywhere. And then he had that bruised, I think it was a bruised lung or bruised something. And ever since then, he just never looked good. I don't know what happened to him. It's a tough one to have that conversation with. But Jimmy Ward, buddy, bye. you gone. You bye-bye. Like I, I don't need Jalen. I mean, I don't need Jimmy Ward back on this team. I I I thought this man was gonna bring a lot more to the table than what he did. Besides just being what was a veteran and a leader, supposedly, and a captain. Besides, there's only two plays I know of Jimmy Ward. There's an interception against the Denver Broncos. And then his second play was against the Houston Texans back in training camp. That got me hyped. It got me going. He took out Dalton Schultz's head in training camp. And, and man, I, I was lit. I was crazy, bro. I was like, hell, okay, Jimmy. That's what we like to see. Damn it, Jimmy. <laughs> That's the only two plays I know of Jimmy Ward. I, I don't know another one. I can't think of another one. He does great hype speeches. I'll give you that. You know who else does great hype speeches? Brian Cushing. Yep. If he wants to be on the unemployment line with him, go on with it, man. If you want to be retired with him, go on with it. But Jimmy Ward, he, he got too, he got hurt all the time. You, I mean, you said it on my live stream. I thought that was pretty telling. How can you be a captain of the team if you always hurt? I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, that's tough, bro. It's tough because, you know, with captains, captains lead by example. And if my captain is not there on the field, man, how can I really look at him? I mean, what look, Jimmy Ward, we were so hype about him. Why? Because he was going to be your D'Amico Ryans on the field. Well, the issue is, is he can't stay on the field. And it was pretty much the entire season I think Jimmy Ward started the season hurt, and he ended the season hurt. And that's not something that I look forward going into year two with Jimmy Ward or with D'Amico Ryans because if I can't rely on you to you know, to be in the postseason because for the future of this Houston Texans team, I am thinking every single year they are going to the postseason. And if I don't think you can be there, then, buddy, I'm sorry. I don't care what your last name is. I don't want you on this team. And I think you need to replace Jimmy Ward. And you, I mean, and you hit it on Jalen Petrie. A horrible year, too. I mean, this is a guy that had five interceptions last year, a hundred plus tackles. We both said Jalen Petrie is going to be an all pro this year. He was horrible. He was horrible in this game. <laughs> he got benched. And what happens in this game if Jalen Petrie gets that interception? Who I, knows? Dude, I think that he is fighting for his job next year. You need to replace 
both positions after safety. A lot of people have talked about Antoine Winfield, who is a free agent. If you're going to be someone that throws him the bag, that's someone that I wouldn't mind giving him to. This dude is absolutely legit. But with Jalen Petrie, man, it's sad to see. It's sad to see because we were hype about him. Like I said, we both gave all pro, you know, nods to him. That pick six against the Ravens in training camp after they went two back-to-back plays of 40-plus yards with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, man, and to see that, you were hyped. We were like, you know, this dude was a captain, Harley. This dude was a captain. And the fact that we just cannot rely on Jalen Petrie to make an impact in the secondary is absolutely insane. I mean, I don't think once all year we gave credit to Jalen Petrie having a good game. And that's what's sad to see because not only is this dude from the H, but this is what a second round pick who you drafted and you need your second round pick to produce. Jalen Petrie will be fighting for his job next year. I think cornerback is number two in terms of need because I don't think Steven Nelson is going to be here next year. Mm-mm. I think he is trying to go somewhere to get a ring, even then, I do not want Steven Nelson back. Kind of fell off towards the end of the year. You need to be looking to help that corner. However, I think the draft is where you address corner. Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback from Alabama, I am in love with. I think him and Stingley will be absolutely fantastic. Cornerback for me is number two on needs for the Houston Texans. What about you, Harley? Yeah, I love I love talking about the cornerback position. You know, you got Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry and Arnold is another cornerback as well to talk about. Uh, the Houston Texans need to upgrade at corner regardless. Um, Steven Nelson, thank you. Appreciate what you did for me. Good um, season. He, good season. He, good season. I mean, he he helped on really well. <laughs> I just mentioned Terry on Arnold right now. Uh, he he filled in for you well whenever Derek Stingley was out. Um, I appreciate what he did for me, um, you know, but at the end of the day, Derek, I mean, ne- Steven Nelson, ah, there, there's many, there's many highlights of him not looking good for this team, regardless of the number of turnovers that he did create for them. Um, I love Derek Stingley Jr., but we also got to take into a fact that he he still is an injury prone guy. Yeah. You know, and is one corner good enough for this team? No. I think corner's a huge need for them. And yeah, you could look at the draft. I also think you need to look at the free agency as well because like that guy just said, Desmond King question mark, slot corner would be really good for this team. Fantastic. I know those are those are tough to find. I get it, but if you can find a way to get yourself two really strong corners, or maybe maybe it's just getting a corner safety duo. Maybe this offseason you go into it like the 2012, the 2013 Texans. Oh, no, excuse me. The 2011, 2012 Texans offseason where they got themselves a damn good cornerback safety duo signings in free agency when you had grabbed Jonathan Joseph and Daniel Manning. Maybe the Houston Texans replicate that this year. I don't know 
You know, I don't know a lot of free agent corners off the top of my head. I do know Antoine Winfield would look really, really nice in that steel blue, liberty, white, and battle red. I know that for a fact. I don't know the corners off the top of my head. Um, but that wouldn't be that would be really nice to have as a Texans fan. But I, I, I do believe you're right. Cornerback is a very it, it's a need for this team that I don't think a lot of fans have talked about. Okay, so it goes Adoree Jackson, okay. Kendall Fuller, okay. Stephon Gilmore, mm. Michael Davis, mm, okay. Jeff Okuda, Kenny Moore. Not bad. He's CJ Henderson. CJ who? CJ Henderson from oh, uh, Carolina. Jesus, wow. Rocky Sim from Baltimore. Okay. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, yeah. um, Tavia Thomas, yeah. Ronald Darby uh, from mm-hmm. Baltimore. I wouldn't mind bringing him in this year. It's uh, yeah, uh, Texans legend Lonnie Johnson. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the one. Outside of that, man, there's not really a lot to look at on the cornerback market. Yeah, that's tough. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that and is very I unfortunate. Think anyone is over. 25 besides Jeff Okuda, who had a pretty good season with the Atlanta. Fan. I mean, yeah, I mean, Okuda will be a good addition, I think. You know, if I think you so, just because he's viewed cheap, maybe. You know, we've seen we've seen the cornerbacks actually play well here with the Texans. You know, in this scheme, we saw cornerbacks play well in Robert Sala back in the San Francisco 49ers era as well. Um, and, and they're doing it again. Um, so Maybe, maybe that's maybe it's Jeff Okuda, you know. But I will say this: seeing that that cornerback market is a little Damn. not good, seeing a Jeff Okuda who's still young, got a lot of you know potential on the bone. Still, you could say maybe, maybe somebody wants to throw a little bit of a higher AAV his way, a little higher salary towards his way. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. But I, I could see that happening. The Houston Texans got the money though, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. that's not a bad idea. I can. I'd have to look at Ukoda. I have to see how he fits the scheme and all that good stuff. But it's an interesting thought. I would say that. So a, a lot of people are talking about wide receiver, wide receiver, bringing in someone else to help C.J. Stroud. Now, to me, wide receiver is fifth on my list. I'll go safety. I'll go cornerback, interior defensive lineman, running back, and wide receiver at number five because Nico Collins just went off for almost 1,300. Tank Dell would have been going for more than 1,000 if he stayed healthy. With the wide receiver group, it does get interesting because with $97 million potentially, Harley, you could sign whoever the hell you want. And, uh, you know, with guys like Mike Evans, that excites me. Guys like Jamar Agnew from Jacksonville, very cheap. A third option would excite me. Hollywood Brown from the Cardinals, a third option with speed, take the defense over the top would excite me. And then you look at the stars, right? The stars, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams. Realistically, the Houston Texans could go out there 
and get whoever they want. To me, wide receiver is number five. My number one target at wide receiver, Harley, I'm going to just let you know right now, is Calvin Ridley. And he is going to be a free agent. He just came off a 1,000 yards with six-plus touchdowns. I'm not asking him to be number one. Number two, he is going to be my number three option in the slot and see how much damage he does with C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I I like the Calvin Ridley idea. You presented it on my live stream. I, I like the idea just because he can be a really good slot wide receiver for you. Um, and as of right now, you're not paying Tank Dale. You're not. Uh, Nico Collins could be commanding a bag, um, but at the moment, you're not paying C.J. Stroud. You're not paying a lot of these guys. You got the money to do it, you know. So. The Houston Texans could definitely take a look into a Calvin Ridley maybe in the slot role and give him a little money. He, the one thing with Ridley, had a lot of drops for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it, a lot of them happened in our games too. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do believe, though, with C.J. Stroud throwing the ball, maybe he doesn't drop the ball as much with, with like Trevor Lawrence, you know. So, um, But Calvin Ridley is an interesting one. I really am – starting to grow on the idea of a Marquise Brown. Uh, I, I like that idea of bringing the speed in here. He could be a cheap option for you. Curtis Samuel is really strong for you. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is a really, really good target for this team. Um, someone that is like he, he has some speed to him. You know, I, I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel. There's some playmaking ability he has. Exactly. You know, and that's exactly what you need on this team. Curtis Samuel's a very underrated wide receiving option. And I would absolutely love to see that happen. Again, another cheap option. Uh, saying yes to the cheaper wide receiver options absolutely you know why because you got cj stroud and cj stroud made i mean he look what he did with noah brown and you you can't tell me that marquise brown slash curtis samuel both of those guys are better than noah brown and look what he did with noah brown when noah brown was healthy i mean he made some people want Noah Brown to be extended. Like, that's how good CJ made Noah Brown look like. So just imagine with a very fast, shifty receiver in Marquise Brown or a Curtis Samuel as well. One of those two guys, yeah, I'm all in for that. Give me one of them and give me another wide receiver at that. Why not? Uh, you know, Marquise Brown's speed excites me. And like you said, Noah Brown, what C.J. Stroud has shown you in year one is that he could elevate other wide receivers, other pass catchers. And Noah Brown, the only wide receiver other than Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins that have back-to-back 150-yard performances, which is absolutely insane to be in conversation with multiple pro bowlers. I mean, DeAndre and Andre were insane here for the Houston Texans, but – I think anyone could flourish under C.J. Stroud. Mike Evans is what a lot of people are talking about. Now, Mike Evans, you might have to drop the bag for. Harley, I've been talking about Mike Evans since pretty much the offseason, how 
insane a Hall of Fame wide receiver who could still produce a thousand plus yards, 80 plus catches. How crazy he would be for this Houston Texan offense. What do you think about Mike Evans? I love Mike Evans. I, re- I really do. I, I mean, I understand that you have Nico Collins. I understand that he is emerging as a star at the wide receiver position. Tank Dell is another one, though, that also plays on the outside wide receiving role. Mike Evans plays in the outside receiving role. I don't know Mike Evans to be a guy that plays a lot in the slot compared to, like, Hopkins, who he does, he loves playing in the slot. We see it all the time. We've seen DeAndre Hopkins. He will take advantage of mismatches being a slot wide receiver. I, I don't know much. I have to look up more on Mike Evans to see if he would do that role. I don't think he will. So that leaves me to going, okay, now you're taking away the outside role from Tank Dell because Nico Collins has to be an outside receiver, in my opinion. Tank Dell can be in the slot, um, but it definitely feels like you're limiting Tank Dell a little bit there. Mm. So as much as I love Mike Evans, I love to bring him here. He's from Galveston. He rocks the H a lot. He's always rocking the Astros jerseys. He does his thing here. I love him, but I do question, and I know people are not going to like it, but I do question whether or not he takes away snaps from Tank Dell, and that's just not something I want to happen. I mean, you know I mean, obviously you don't want someone taking snaps away from Tank Dell, but when it's going to a Hall of Fame wide receiver who mm-hmm. is proven who in every single season has more than a thousand yards, I mean, he's on pace to do something that even Jerry Rice hasn't done. So Mike Evans is someone I would definitely take a look at. It's obviously a question about money, even though I have $97 million to mess around with. You know, I will want to see how that contract plays out. But Harley, as we end the live stream, our final post-game episode of the year. Can you wrap up for me the Houston? Yeah, honestly, let's cheer, man. Let's cheer. Let's cheer. Let's do that one more time. Give me one more. Cheers, man. And have a lot left, but it's all good. <laughs> As we wrap up the year, final thoughts on the Houston Texans season. I say it again, like I opened my live stream with saying, losing sucks. Okay, losing sucks. This loss stings. The expectations rose, but at the end of the day, man, it was a great year for the Houston Texans. They did fantastic job this year they over exceeded the expectations overachieved expectations there's no way they should have grabbed 10 wins this year win the division win a playoff game with a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback with the amount of injuries they went through with the numerous wide receivers that were in and out for you the numerous offensive linemen that were in and out for you this defensive line not being as as much depth as you wanted it to be. Having this defense go from 32nd ranked in the NFL against the run all the way to number two, the number two ranked defense against the run, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud is the building blocks 
for the future of the Houston Texans. Shout out to Cal McNair. Shout out to Hannon McNair. To everybody that got uninterested with this Texans team the last two years. Come on back. Welcome back. You are always, when once a Texans fan, always a Texans fan. Come on through. We love you. All right? These Texans are back. We all know that at the end of the day, the Houston Texans are going to be running the division for the next 10 to 15 years because C.J. Stroud is your quarterback. That is the ultimate by the bottom line. And I said so. Reason is C.J. Stroud is your quarterback. And the Houston Texans, damn it, they did a great they did a great thing this year overachieving and it's it was a fantastic run man and so there's nothing to hang your hat on this Texans team this was a lot of fun what? and i i said it man what at the beginning at the end of this year i what? said it the Houston Texans team reminds what? me of that 2015 Astros team what that 2015 Astros team they were doing things like the Texans. What's in the chat? Beating somebody that they shouldn't be beating. What? Winning games that they shouldn't be winning. What? Go take a wild card playoff game. What? Against those nasty Yankees, by the way. What? Fuck the goddamn Yankees. What? Fuck the goddamn Cowboys. What? We the best team in Texas. What? We going to show them that this year, too. What? Throw us on Thanksgiving, Cowboys. What? Y'all don't want none of that smoke. What? And I don't want to hear the sewer rats talking. What? Because this division is old H-Town. What? The future is bright here in Houston, man. It is. And the Texans, it's all on the come up now, baby. Hey, listen, man. We are... Ace Town Tui Dranas. I wrap up in the season. My only question to everyone here is Are you not entertained? What this team has just showed you is that they could potentially be competing in the playoffs for the next 10 to 15 years. It doesn't feel like a fluke, ladies and gentlemen. The Houston Texans went out there and won football games. And won football games against teams that were in the playoffs or were games away from making the playoffs. And then you won a game in Houston, the wild card, 45 points against the Cleveland Browns. You shocked the world all year. Houston Texans, I know you are sad and disappointed after today, but you should hold your head high because the future is as bright as can be this is not a year three patrick i'm sorry this is not a year three cj shroud this is a year one cj shroud and mr pocket no one's been crying i am just proud to be a houston texan and you know hardly our journey started about four months ago mm. When we showed up in Miller Light Outdoor Theater to watch the draft party with Patrick Storm, and we saw C.J. Stroud drafted, we saw them trade up for Will Anderson Jr. Right there, mm -hmm. I remember we both said, yeah, this Houston Texans team might be special. Mm -hmm. Hardy, we were both out there at 4 o'clock in the morning in training camp just waiting for an opportunity to see this team, to get a good seat, 
and just really watch the future of this franchise. And then we saw this team suppress all odds, prove everyone wrong, win games they weren't supposed to win, and found themselves winning 10 games in year one, a playoff game in the wild card. Harley, the future is as bright as can be for the Houston Texans, and I am proud to wear the red, white, and blue. I know you are, and we were proud even when this team won seven games in two years. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going nowhere. Harley's not going nowhere. If you think the content is going to stop, then Mm -mm. you're absolutely mistaken because you know where me and Harley eat the most? is in the offseason. Get ready for the free agency. Get ready for the breakdowns. Get ready for the mock drafts. Because when we talk about the Houston Texans going into next season, we are going to be talking about them being a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, the final post game of the year, my name is Ruben Calvillo. You can find me on YouTube, 713 Houston Sportcast in the search bar, almost to 10,000 subscribers. Please help me get there at the end of the football season. Harley, let them know where they can find your work. Uh, you can find me at the lead underscore H-O-U anywhere on all social media platforms. On YouTube, I do YouTube as well, just like yourself. The lead, Houston, you can type that in and you will immediately find me. We're on the road to 8,000 subscribers, currently at 5,400 subscribers. So I appreciate every single one of y'all that has liked, commented, subscribed. Uh, Make sure if you haven't already, like this live stream, smash the like button, easiest smash of your life. And while you're while y'all at it, if you missed the live stream, you can always check it out on my YouTube channel. You can always check it out on Ruben's YouTube channel. But preferably, if you want to listen to it audibly while you're cooking, cleaning, whatever, you know, um, okay, JJ, um, Believe in Texans. Make sure y'all check it out. It is a podcast platform, a part of the Believe Network where, you know, you can find it anywhere where you stream all your podcasting platforms, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere. And, brother, the last thing I got to say, man, let's run it back one more time. Let's do it again. It's, it, it, we're, we're back to zero, zero. It's let's good. do All this right. thing again. And, hey, man, my uh, um, cheers. You know, I don't got no more drink left, but cheers to, cheers to you, my guy. I'm on the road to 10K. You're on the road to 20K. Let's get that this offseason. Harley, you deserve all the success in front of you, brother. I'm so proud of you. I love you. You got engaged this year. You're a manager at your job. You are doing absolutely fantastic, man. I'm so proud of your growth this year, dude. I remember us going back in high school, man, and the battles that we had. I was the leader of the underclassmen. You were the leader of the upperclassmen. And we did not like each other. We did not like <laughs> each other, man. Cocky, arrogant sons of bitches. And, um, and, and for us to be here now, an opportunity to – really talk about this Houston Texans team from its inception, Harley, because we were here when they were good. Then we were here when they were bad. 
And now we are going to be here when they are on the journey to greatness. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget who was here when Dref Driscoll was your starting <laughs> quarterback. It was me. It was Marty. And, guys, we are going to keep this up. Do not – don't stop watching us because the content is going to – it's going to amp up, man. The offseason is where I eat. The offseason is where Hardy eat because all you get to talk about is the future. And we know the future is as bright as can be for this Houston Texans team. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. And we want to give a shout out to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for allowing us to talk football talk Houston Texans football. We give credit to the man upstairs. And guys, follow Harley at the lead underscore Houston on YouTube. You can type it in on Twitter as well. 713 Houston's forecast. Final post game of the season. H-Town till we drown. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm going to say? Have a very, very blessed day. And we will see you in the off season. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.